Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Your Everyday Cyber Podcast with Limor Kessum and Diana Kelly. We live in a cyberspace almost all the time, but do we know enough about living in it securely? Join this dynamic duo as they take you through an exploration of daily cyber activities and how you can make better choices to make them secure for yourself and your family. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to Your Everyday Cyber. I'm Lamorne Kessem, a cybersecurity professional and advisor. My co-host is Diana Kelly, a cybersecurity expert who is the CTO and co-founder of Security Curve. Well, it's almost Thanksgiving any minute now and the winter (laughs) holidays around the corner. This means a lot of people are heading to the kitchen for some serious cooking. So in my house, one of our favorite treats this time of year is making Moroccan food. What about you, Diana? Oh, I love that. I love Moroccan food, like a good tagine and oh, yum. Well, for me, it's chestnuts. I don't know why. I just absolutely have always loved chestnuts roasted in a pan as a dressing or stuffing. Um, Even chestnut ice cream, just pretty much my love of chestnuts has no bounds. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty good. And it goes well with the song of chestnuts roasting. Exactly. Exactly. Well, then, today we're doing the episode of Hacking Thanksgiving, and our guest is an internationally renowned cyber expert and lover of beautiful food. It is Chris Roberts. Chris, what is your favorite thing to make or maybe eat this time of year? <laughs> Thank you and appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not sure I'm an expert. I'm not this time half the damn time. I swear I can't break into anything these days. Um, food-wise, let's 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 think about. It. You know, it's weird for this time of year. I mean, obviously the traditional, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. I I like my roast potatoes, uh, and we're talking like parboiled. Take them out, and they've just been partly but partly done. Rake them over with a fork. Put some butter in a pan. Chuck them in the oven so they're like nice and crispy on the outside, and just done on the inside. A little bit of garlic and parmesan, and I'm happy. I don't care about much else. Mm. I don't need Thanksgiving. I'm making this tomorrow. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All the holiday I need. I'm gonna take a picture. Don't think I'm kidding. Um, well, you know, in addition to a ton of eating, which is what Thanksgiving is about in many places, this is also a time of year that people start giving some gifts to each other, maybe to themselves. So, Chris, you like gadgets. Is there anything you've got your eye on for, you know, this holiday, maybe help with the holiday cooking or anything like that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you think about all of the digital tech that's in the, you know, I can sit in the comfort of my own lab and monitor, you know, the turkey, the temperature in the middle, the outside of it. I can put the camera up there with, you know, the music playing on one hand and the surveillance watching the oven to make sure it doesn't burn. Uh, And, you know, and in the background, I've got all my digital knives that keep an eye on things. There's so much cool tech out there. That's, that's both fascinating, amazing, and as scary as all heck. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I do love the idea of being able to monitor from afar because that's really that's really cool, um, especially like with temperatures. You know, we were always opening the oven, check the thermometer and then you're letting the heat out. So this isn't the highest tech, but the thing that I actually am interested in is these combo scale measuring cups 
because I always find it confusing going back. I mean, people are probably be like, how confusing is this? But you have to go in back which forth between the dry and the liquid measures. And sometimes I'll like throw the flour in the in the measuring cup and I'm, instead of in the, the dry measuring uh, you know, spoon. So anyway, um, and I, I cook, I don't, I, I bake, I mean, I don't do a lot of cooking, so I'm not really sort of a jazz cook. So I'm actually kind of excited about that, about those, and I'm, that got those eyed up. How about you, Lamore? What are you, what are you interested in for your holiday? Well, I know it's going to be funny and people might laugh at me, but I use a little toaster every single day. And I saw this like connected toaster, which the, one of the side panels is like this touch screen and I'm dying to push those buttons. <laughs> Yep. And then you can decide how you want your toe. You, you kind of tell it what you're going to put in there and how you want it. And like, wow. it just does the magic for you. And while it's pathetic to want that connect, connected toaster. And also it's like, we've always been saying, oh, IOT is connected toasters. But yeah, I've seen one that's like so awesome. And I wanted it. it um, is yeah. that the one that can do the patterns on the side? There was a Kickstarter out for one Ooh. I saw a little while ago. That thing is freaking awesome. If it nice. comes to fruition... I'm right behind you in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> the one I saw, I think it's already available because I remember the price tag. It was pretty hefty. It was a couple hundred dollars, but um, but it was really nice. Um, and, you know, some of those other gadgets also in the kitchen, just everything is getting smarter all the time. Maybe an automatic pot stirrer or, you know, you just put the ingredients in and it stirs everything for you or does, you know, lets you know what the consistency is. I don't know. A lot of interesting things. Are taking place yeah i i uh, the pot stirrer yes but also i want to go back to the patterns on the toast is that like you could have like you know like a rainbow and it's sort of burnt into the toast is that how is this working yes they've, they've got one i mean they've got one at the moment i mean you i mean you, I don't know if you remember years and years ago, there was the whole, you know, we, people have seen the Virgin Mary and, and right. the various different deities on their toast. Well, yeah. now apparently you can imprint the darn thing yourself just for the hell of it. Okay. All right. So yeah. I could like have Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some pretty fantastic, there's one out there and it's all based off of like the heating LED and the elements and it can light up certain elements in certain patterns and all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, you could literally have your uh, your old space invaders on the toast. It would be fantastic if they actually managed to do this thing. That I one. I don't think, yeah. Diana, you realized that you said Zeus. And this is a subconscious thing because one of the biggest malware of all time is Zeus. Oh, that's true. And you know what else is that I remember years and years ago, there was this newspaper in the United States called the Weekly World News. And they were known for these really outrageous stories that nobody thought were true. Like they would, they had this this character Bat Boy, and they would. It's pre Photoshop. I don't know how they would create this photo that was of this boy that looked like a bat. But it was all rather ridiculous, but silly. And you'd see it in the supermarket checkout line. And I remember years and years ago, this is probably like '94, um, that they had this picture up on as one of their headlines, which was, you know, my computer got a virus from a toaster. And I laughed and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? There you have it. They were just telling the future. Indeed. I mean, especially because I think the, the ones I'm thinking of are all Android connected toasters. Yeah. And I remember doing a talk at uh, one of the security conferences. Shoot, it's got to be five years, five, six years ago now. And we broke into a power station, fairly large one. 
using the chief engineer's home. Uh, he had a, a specific manufacturer of oven that had Android on it. And we managed to do an intercept between him and his oven while he was sitting at Starbucks. And Ooh, Payload did this thing. some dangerous thing stuff. And all sorts of other things. Um, that... Because, I mean, you could literally, you know, I mean, there were people that were showing off, you know, oh, look at my oven and you can do all the adjustments while you're sitting on your iPad. Get out of the rubbish, you beautiful. Sorry, the puppy's got his head buried in the rubbish bin. Get out of it. He's, he's snacking early for the holiday. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> So you see these things really move up the complexity chain. There's stuff that can happen through devices that crosses over. And this Starbucks just made me think of there's these barista bot machines mm. that you can control from, let's say, an iOS or an Android uh, device. And that kind of gives you a perfect cup. It's ready for you when you, you know, when you want it. But there should be an interest of security concerns as well, I'm imagining. <laughs> should be and are slash is are unfortunately <laughs> two very different things <laughs> oh my gosh i mean you were so i mean you think about it i mean the perfect example is i mean we've had this for years when the the when the digital lights came out it solved a very simple problem that as humans we'd had for thousands of years which is when i travel how do i make sure that my house looks lived in and you know, there was always the leave a light on, do something with the light. And then we had the digital lights. It's like, well, fantastic. We don't have to use those bulky timers. We can have an app that puts the lights on and off. And then we got to do different colors on and off. And, and then from an adversarial standpoint, our ability to understand when you're running automated programming and all these things, now you look at connected fridges that monitor the food that's in there, the ovens and various other things that we're putting in place that interconnect. And all of a sudden, now can I monitor your food consumption, your progress when you have to go to the shops, when you should go to the shops, if you're not going to the shops? And how much of that is both great, but also allows me as an adversary to much more effectively put the jigsaw puzzle of your patterns, your movements, and when you're there and when you're not there together. That is a really good point. You know, I, we were, that was something we wanted to talk to you about what were those fridge cams. And yeah, you make a, a excellent point that you could even see when people were preparing to go away from their house for a certain amount of time by the the food. I mean, maybe it looks like they haven't chopped in a while, but if the food gets, it's all just the stuff that isn't going to go bad for a while, and then they don't replenish that for two days, you've got a pretty good good bead onto the, they're not there. They, right. they have traveled. Yeah, that's it. Any, any other things, like as you think about, especially with, with so many folks working from home, do you have any concerns about putting our smart refrigerator or our smart toaster <laughs> on the same Wi-Fi that we're, we're going to the office on? Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when, when, yeah I mean, it's, it's just, it opens it up. I mean, it's, again, you know, as an attacker, if I put my adversarial hat on, I literally only had the one point of presence to get into, you know, I had to break into your home router and because then I could get to the computer. Well, now when you think about it, so many of these devices are calling out for updates and for changes. They're also calling out to the applications themselves or they're going out to a central system. You know, if you look at, I mean, it's amazing. If you look at the televisions, uh, a lot of the smart televisions, let alone the, the audio systems, and now you look at the fridge, they're all going out to various different cloud-based, you know, centralized consumer-focused systems. 
So the ability to now adversarially attack you, affect you, and monitor you, not just by breaking into the you know the home router or the home switch. Yeah, you've just given me instead of one attack vector, you give me a dozen attack vectors. Yeah, and and they seems like they're all asking for our email addresses too. I mean, the last time that we set up our television. It, like the television wanted our passwords to all of the apps and to you know get into Google because it was it's an Android based television. Is there an issue with giving your refrigerator your email address? <laughs> Login. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's that so it's interesting. I mean I mean Dan, to your point, we have gotten to the point now where that's that privacy versus convenience conversation. And the television, no different than the fridge. And I think this is where it's interesting. As a consumer, we don't see this. But if you look at it, Samsung and others have made a play to be the home hub. You have to look at you know Ring and Google and various other ones who are going to be the home hub. Nest has obviously partnered up with a number of them to be the home hub. Your fridge wants to be the hub, the TV. And so now you have this, this basically you have this internal vendor war inside a house as to yeah. which one is going to control all of your applications, be it Android system, be it an Apple system. So everything wants to have control of everything else. And as the consumer, we have this mishmash, literally tangled web of technology, all of which unfortunately wants access to all the other bits so that it can help us. Every, yeah, everybody wants to be a part of what we do and um, an experience in the home. And it seems that there, uh, there are some components. So there is, let's say the device itself, it has some firmware on it most of which I cannot update or I have no idea how to update. And I, I hope that my vendor is updating it, which probably isn't happening as often as should. And maybe that firmware even, maybe not that great. I've seen firmware on certain devices, even like routers has been terrible and, and extremely flawed. So there's the firmware and the devices, there are applications that control. There is the, the applications code, maybe that's vulnerable somewhere. Maybe there's, you know, details are leaking. We've seen this time and again, privacy breaches, all those kinds of things. There is the communications between things. So you're saying about the router, but there's, you know, like you said, there are communications to clouds and everything is connected. Every, everything is communicating with other things. And so people are at some point like, okay, so is this like smart home thing and all these gadgets that we really like and appreciate, are they really dangerous? I mean, uh, what should I be thinking of uh, maybe a first top of mind thing that I should do when I go and get myself a device. And I still want to keep maybe a slice of my privacy still. <laughs> I think Alexander Pope said it best, hope springs eternal. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to uh, unfortunately relying upon the vendors and the supply chain for uh, ensuring the integrity of the very devices that they've just sold us. Uh, I um, exactly to your point, those very routers and switches and, and devices that are meant to be there to protect our houses and our lives from the internet are, uh, are less than stellar. And I don't remember what the exact number was, but I think somebody in our community did a test of like a hundred and something of them. And pretty much so every single, almost every single one of them right. was just absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, even, so thinking about things like you were talking about being able to check the temperature and your your 
of your the food that you're cooking or to turn on your oven have and we've all talked about well an attacker could turn on your oven when you're not home or you know, they might not cook your your meat to the right temperature so that it's dangerous has, has that kind of attack is that really a vector to be concerned about or is it more that they're just trying to get access into your house through these insecure devices or are they actually trying to mess with the function so, of the devices so here's a different tact on it if you don't mind yeah. You're right. As an adversary, will I have the ability to do that? Absolutely, because we care about getting things into people's hands more than we care about protecting the very people we're selling them to. However, mm. let's take a different tact on this. Mm. <clears throat> your utensils, your eating, your very eating utensils will be and are and do track your habits. Now, let's just say I I am collating all of that information. So I'm collating what you're eating. I'm obviously looking at the fridge because, you know, let, and, and I'm not going to name, I am going to name names, but I'm not doing it deliberately to call anybody out. Let's say you've got a nice Samsung fridge and it's connected to the internet and it's also doing the shopping for you. So now I've got Kroger's or King Supers or whoever I'm getting my shopping from, Whole Foods. And so I know your eating habits. Uh, I actually know what's in your fridge and I know what's going to be eaten from your fish. And yes, maybe it's quasi-anonymized, but then I can see what you're cooking and I can take all this information and I can make an assumption about you. I can make an assumption that maybe you're not eating quite as healthily as you should do, that the calories you're consuming versus the fitness app tracker data that I have on you means you're not working out quite as much, especially for all of us that have gone through the last year and a half or two of COVID and have gone, wow, we're not <laughs> exercising. So now when your healthcare renewal comes up, I can look at you and go, well, you tell me you exercise three times a week, but it's not showing it. You tell me that you eat healthily yet it's not showing it, or I'm going to increase your premium by 15% because I see you're consuming too much sugar in your cup of tea. And so your premium's going up, or I'm going to deny you coverage. Or I'm going to increase it. So it's less those direct attacks. And to me, it's all the inferences of everything from healthcare, medical conditioning, the ability to now target us with whatever we need to because the additional information that's been handed over. Basically, we're able to profile people more effectively, which is always a good thing. And this happened in the real world. I mean, I know of a case in Europe where a very, very popular GPS application was tracking the, the driving habits of people. And that got directly mm. into the hands of their insurance company that raised their premiums because now they were considered more dangerous than they initially thought. Uh, when that came out, of course, there was an outrage. And I think that stopped at that point. But yeah, I mean, those are definitely issues that people should be mindful of, of when you're using technology in the home that has the ability to track you. You never have control on where that data will end up. And it can be really a little bit shocking, even when I mean, so we know we talk about this, but we just got a pickup at Whole Foods. So we just got a Whole Foods near me. I don't live in the most populous area and they just had pickups so you could shop online. And the next time I logged into Amazon, I got this like I had this new bar that said, this is what you just bought at Whole Foods last week. Do you want to reorder it? And it was just very odd to see my entire grocery like cart there in front of me. I mean, I knew that they were getting that information, but it's also, you know, when you see it and you start thinking about, Chris, to your point, how it can be used. And then I also get this like weird dissonance because we cook our, our food for our pets, but we're vegans. So we purchase meat 
for the pets because we cook for we have cats they eat meat um and it, that also is kind of interesting because how it would look like if i said to my doctor i'm a vegan and then they say well you bought this you, these these organic chicken thighs clearly you're not you're not a vegan. you buy them every week you know so it's like well this for the cats <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> that is true like these interferences can be damaging yeah yeah, they're going to start marking my my the cost of my health insurance on whether or not I'm being honest about what I'm eating. I mean, yeah, you start getting into like really spooky zone. Yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking, go ahead, Chris. No, I mean, there's the, and it's tough because you want to balance that. So exactly to that point, there have been other instances. And I mean, to some degrees, if it's done correctly, and there's a huge if on this one, if my eating habits indicate maybe that I'm that I have liver problems or I have kidney problems because maybe mm. I can't find what I'm looking for, I'm supplementing or whatever else it is, or there's some underlying condition, to some degree, I kind of want my fridge to tell me that. Or if I'm running out of something, let's say I'm on the way home, I mean, Diana, exactly to your point. I mean, I use same thing with the Whole Foods here. And I'll go through Amazon and I'll double check. I, I did it last night. I'm like, hey, what have I forgotten? What do I need to buy? Went mm -hmm. through it and I got a list for stuff. And it's weird because in some ways that convenience has its uses, but in other ways, it's what are we what are we handing over for that? Yeah. Exactly. It definitely yeah. has its uses, which which is what makes it popular. It has its uses and, and they're not so bad. Yep. Yeah, as long as it's yeah. used carefully. But it is, well, it, it's yeah, sorry. No, that was an oof with the is it used carefully. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we've not we've not done well at that, let's be honest, as as an entire society. You know, a lot of the places where we do shop, and you mentioned other grocery stores, I mean, is there is there anything for a consumer to think about, you know, for after the TJX uh, attack, a lot of consumers said, Oh, I'm not gonna go to TJ Maxx for a while. But in general, it looks like it's about a two-year time frame, even for customers that say never again, they tend to be back at that retailer. Are there any retailers that seem to be getting this? better because we are all now most of us between the loyalty cards and the pre-order online a lot of us are being t fully tracked by our, our at least where we're buying our groceries for what we're buying at that place any any signs that a company's doing it better or worse chris or just grocery shop where you grocery shop and and hope they're going to be good stewards <laughs> unfortunately i think unfortunately i think it's the last i've got to give um I knew the well, a couple of the senior folks over at uh, the Whole Foods of this world, and to their credit, they were trying to do as much as they could to to protect a lot of the data. Now, I don't know enough on like the King Supers, the Krogers. Now, I mean, you think about it, Walmart for all of our love and hate for that for that organization, their security team. I mean, they've had some absolutely amazing people in there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think also it changes if you have a technology company behind you or not. It depends what you do. So uh, definitely. Well, I have to say this has been a super interesting chat. And I want to thank Chris so much for being with us today. 
and also to thank our listeners for being with us today again and on every episode. We hope that this episode has put you into the right holiday mood. Our podcast page has some resources for you from each episode and so you can check it out anytime. Our next episode is going to focus on cool holiday tech gifts and it will help you choose a gadget that's both great and more secure. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, we'd love to get your comments and requests for the podcast. And you can send them to us via email to youreverydaycyber at securitycurve.com. If you're on Twitter, you can easily follow us at cyber underscore everyday. So thank you again for tuning in and we look forward to the next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Everyday Cyber Podcast with Limor and Diana. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.